listening to episode 40, chapter 4 of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. I'm Josh Havens. And I'm Chris Lamberth. And we're on a journey to learn what it means to live a lifestyle of discipleship. We're glad you're joining us and hope that as you set aside this time for God, that he would help you grow today in the everyday moments of life. And today we're wrapping up our conversation with Pastor Alan Baker of Journey Pastoral Coaching. Alan is a graduate of Miami University, Oxford, Ohio and the Assemblies of God Theological Seminary, Springfield, Missouri. He's been in ministry for 39 years in the United States and Europe. During those years, he served as lead pastor, assistant pastor, missionary, evangelist, professor, college campus pastor, and pastoral coach. He's the author of two books, Those Who Turn Worlds Upside Down, and When the Call Comes, A Funeral Guide for Pastors. In 2014, he launched Journey Pastoral Coaching a ministry whose mission is helping young ministers build for a lifetime of healthy and effective ministry. Following Jesus is a way of life. It's not something we take a break from. Whether you are busy at work trying to make a deadline, going to a sporting event with your family, or taking a break by going on vacation, these aren't events that happen in addition to our walk with Christ. They happen in the midst of our life in Christ, and often they happen because of it. So we must always be ready to listen to the voice of the Spirit when he presents an opportunity to serve. In this chapter, Pastor Baker shows us what this mindset looks like through a willingness to have a simple conversation. Because when you cultivate a mindset and a lifestyle that flows from the person God has called you to be, walking with him becomes part of who you are. And that's when being leads to doing. How does someone... (laughs) be a better coach, uh, <laughs> which I know is a huge question. That's my like, life question right now. Yeah. <laughs> if we're, if we're looking to, uh, be these kinds of people yeah. that, uh, attract people who are committed and encouraging and willing to walk with us, how can we, how can we help ourselves be those kinds of people? Yeah. Well, first of all, you've already mentioned the critical one's intentionality. Uh, In this individualistic society in which we live, we tend to walk with our eyes down. Uh, Classic example, elevator. When you're on the elevator, what does everyone do? They look up at the ceiling or down at the floor. There's no interrelationship. But as we go about life, we want to have a coaching attitude. So my family often laughs that I can talk to anyone anywhere. You could argue that's how I'm framed Well, maybe, but I always say that I'm really an introvert with an extrovert uh, side as well. And when I'm with people, I just have a desire to to connect. I have a desire to hear their story, to know where they're from, where they're going, and see if there's a point of connection between us that may also lead to sharing of Christ in some way. My goal is not just to evangelize and put a notch in my belt, but I intentionally want to meet people and move them closer to Jesus in some way. Sometimes it's it's just in sitting down and talking over their day, if you will. So intentionality is critical. I think attitude's critical. Um, <laughs> how do you say it? There are some people in life that frankly don't want to uh, have their influence in my life just by their attitude, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, once, I once pastored a guy who told me he was a critical Christian. I said, oh, I mean, you, he said, I said, you mean you, you critique all that's around you like a Berean? He said, no, 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 no. I criticize everything. Well, you know, <laughs> that he was a joy to, to walk with. I got a three to six page email every Monday from him on the previous day services. So 
uh, I think we have an attitude that says to people, not that you want to walk with me, but there's something in me. There's something of Christ in me that they find attractive and want, and want to walk with that. I think we can work on that. Um, I remember growing up, living at home, and I come to Christ, my mother come to Christ, and um, fam- member of the family, not a Christian, got up in the morning, was always bright and cheery, and I was always kind of down. And he said, this is funny, here I am, the person who supposedly doesn't have eternal life, yet I'm happy in the mornings, and you two get up as if the world's coming to an end, what's going on here? I thought, wow, good point. <laughs> yeah. good point. So we need to bring Christ into our attitudes as well. Um, I think we can also... Uh, help by taking some burden off of ourselves. I even have this in journey. Sometimes people struggle with, as you did, uh, Josh, with this thing of what do I have to share with them? They would go stronger, say, I can't teach them anything. Well, we don't have that burden in coaching. Our job mm-hmm. is to share the journey. Our job is to walk alongside someone. So take the burden off of yourself of trying to teach, trying to tell, we can be a good listener. We can hear people. We can express concern. We can offer to pray. We can just walk with people as human beings, if you will. Uh, I'd also say coach at the level that you're at. Uh, we look past some very, very special people and trying to find just the right person to coach. My first place of service in ministry was teaching I think it was uh, fourth and fifth graders. And that became my church to me. And I became very, very close to those kids. And then later on, I would coach high schoolers and college age. And you just coach where you're at. Don't think you have to start with adults at Paul's level. Coach with those you're qualified to coach. So limited time. There's a few thoughts. Yeah, no, I I love that idea because – what this does, at least for me, as I'm, I'm hearing you describe these qualities, is it, it starts to put real freedom in my mind as I try to live like what we talk about as the lifestyle of discipleship. Because it really is freeing. If, if we believe yes. that our goal here, daily growth discipleship, is to create a lifestyle of discipleship, following Jesus is, is every, it has to do with everything that we do in our lives, then these brief moments in the elevator like you're talking about where we simply reach across the elevator and we say hi to somebody, it doesn't have to end in, a, in an evangelistic experience because that maybe isn't what God wants to do in that moment. And we can trust that saying hi and being interested in a relationship first rather than a transaction of, yes. I've got to get this person saved. Oh my goodness, yeah. this all depends on me. I've got to say the exact right words and what do I have to offer them? All the thoughts that I have, by the way, those mm-hmm. are real can completely melt away by saying, no, wait a second. This is part of my lifestyle. Jesus is here with me. Maybe my job is just simply to say hi, and then I will let him take over. And then again, like you're talking about, beginning that we can coach in that moment if we want to use the word really, really loose. But, you know, because I love this idea of then this just becomes a great way of creating disciples, of discipling other people through this coaching methodology of just, Look, you know, of course we have something to offer. We have the greatest gift ever, right? right. That's yeah, Jesus. Right, right. But it's not my job or responsibility to shove that pearl of great price down somebody's throat. And I all the thing that I really find valuable about this whole thing is that there's a real emphasis 
on the other person as a valued person. Like we are valuing them as in a relationship. And so I think that totally flips the script, at least for me to look at them as to value the relationship and what God maybe wants to do in their life as the person, rather than as a transaction to try to get them to, you know, make a decision for Christ as much as I might want that to be the case. Yeah, it's true. Can you tell, can you tell us pastor the story about San Diego, Josh? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'd I, I, I forgotten. That's a favorite, though. I was in San Diego, been there to do a wedding at Disneyland and went south of San Diego. I've always heard what a beautiful city it is. So down we went and went downtown to walk the streets and feel the vibe of the city. We learned that missions, you know, you go down to Paris and you don't do things. You walk and feel the vibe of the city. It's how you get to know the city. So we're down there walking and I crossed the street, left my wife getting a cup of tea of something. And uh, I was about to cross another street, and this young man walks up. I'm guess it's 25 years of age. He's got long dreads, and they're ratty as they can be. His clothes look like he's pulled them out of a dumpster. He, I mean, he really looked like a street, a street dude, if you will. So here am I, you know, I've got my usual dockers on and the Sperry shoes, the whole nine yards that I am. And he walks up to me and says, sir, excuse me, can I I talk to you for a second? Well, when he says that, I look at him and I thought, sure, you know, absolutely. I think he's about to share something with me, either about Jesus or about his faith, which might not be Christian. I think, hey, this might be a great time to talk. So sure, let's talk. He starts to share with me about Earth First all about saving the environment. And as he talks, I'm listening. And he would then ask me for my thoughts, ask me for my thoughts. And I would respectfully answer. It became clear immediately we did not agree. He's talking about the world as mother, creator, the whole nine yards. I'm talking about you know God is sovereign over his earth. He's got this, we should steward it well. We need to be good stewards of God's earth, protect the environment. But we did not agree at all. We kept talking and talking. And every time one talked, the other one listened, looked in the eye, asked clarifying questions, Chris, okay? It was a great conversation. And the longer we talked, the more I liked him, the more I could tell he liked me. But finally, after a half hour, my wife was waiting. We had to get back up for flight and all that. I said, listen, Josh, his name was Josh, yeah. I said, I'm sorry, I really have to go, but I'm going to tell you, I've really enjoyed talking with you. This has just been so great today. It's obvious I'm not going to convert you. You're not going to convert me. But, you know, I think I've made a friend today. He said, you know, you're right. You're just so right. I really love talking to you. And, you know, if you live in San Diego, I think you and I'd be hanging out all the time. (laughs) And he reached up and he hugged me around the neck, you know, and I hugged him back. And that day we walked away and I thought, wow, I wish I lived in San Diego because San Diego, Josh and I, we would be friends, even though we didn't agree on things. And it was a great gift to me. I really, I enjoyed the time with him very, very much. Yeah. All right. Uh, If you had to sum up the value of walking with someone else in one, uh, maybe a Pauline type sentence that uh, runs on into two with (laughs) a semicolon between. What would be the value of walking with someone else in the Christian life? I need Jesus in my life, but there are times I can't see him, I can't hear him, I can't feel him directly. And so he comes to me through a brother or a sister. He walks with me and warms me, and I come more fully into him. And I thank God for all those people in my life who give that to me. Amen. Two sentences. 
Hey, it, I'll, I'll take it. It works. Uh, I want to make a, a quick plug for Journey Pastoral Coaching. Uh, and I'll, I'll go ahead and make the, the statement here if you don't want to. But Journey Pastoral Coaching offers uh, pastoral coaching to millennial ministers absolutely free. Um, Chris and I are both beneficiaries of this ministry. And honestly, I don't know where I would be without this. Uh, so I do want to encourage people to go check out Journey Pastoral Coaching and maybe even consider becoming a, uh, a sponsor of this incredible ministry that's done so much for me and Chris and for dozens uh, of other ministers. Uh, so Pastor, where can people go to find out more about Journey Pastoral Coaching and some of the work that you're doing? Then go to our website, journeypastoralcoaching.com, and uh, they'll see the tabs there to check out our latest book. All the blogs are archived there for them. There's also a tab there they can click on to become a supporter, and I thank you, Josh, for mentioning that. All right. Thanks so much, Pastor, for this conversation. Uh, really enjoyed it. Thanks so much for for talking with us today. Any excuse to be with the two of you, I'm down for it. Love you guys. Thank God for you on a personal level. Really do. Thanks. One of the best ways to build relationships is to show a genuine interest in other people, and it's as simple as asking them to share how their day is going. The heart of a coach is a heart that genuinely values the other person and wants to see them find their identity in Christ. But it means being comfortable with opposing views, just like Pastor Baker's story of San Diego Josh. As we build relationships in this way, showing a genuine interest in the other person's life and asking probing questions, that the Holy Spirit opens doors for coaching moments. It's that moment when the right question is asked and the other person begins to dig deep for the right answers. It's that moment when they begin to see their life in a new perspective, not because someone told them how to fix a problem, but because they had a coach who walked beside them in a journey of discovery. The good news is that you don't need to be in an official coaching relationship to see moments like this. You can adopt a coaching attitude that looks to serve others in this way wherever you go. And people genuinely want to be heard. They genuinely want to be understood and valued. And when they feel those things from you as a disciple of Jesus, they begin to get a sense of the grace and love of God flowing through you. I want to challenge you to find ways to adopt the heart and attitude of a coach today. Look for opportunities to show genuine interest in another person. Don't look for an opportunity to lead them to Jesus necessarily, though that's great if it happens. Instead, look for the opportunity to have a simple conversation, and in that conversation, communicate to the other person. I value you. I want to join your journey in these everyday moments of life. How can you create a lifestyle of discipleship? Most Christians think discipleship is a program or a few practices thrown in at the beginning or end of the day. But we want to help you create a lifestyle where walking with Jesus throughout the day is not only possible, but natural. And we have a tool that's going to help you do just that. It's called the Daily Growth Journal. It's a guided journal that's going to help you become secure in your identity with God and authentically walk with Him in your daily life. Growing daily in your walk with Christ is possible if you cultivate a lifestyle of discipleship. And the Daily Growth Journal will help you do just that.
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. To find out more about Alan's work, check out journeypastoralcoaching.com. Then check out the next chapter in our conversation where we talk about the impact coaching has had on our own lives as disciples. If you want to stay up to date on everything happening at Daily Growth Discipleship, go to dailygrowthdiscipleship.com and subscribe for free. You can also subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Spotify.